Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts myself Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst in Germany. Um, yeah, three uh, three games to go now in the Bundesliga season. We've just seen match day 31 uh, just go past uh, over this weekend uh, as very entertaining games, some shock results. Uh, and lots of good goals as well. So me and Mark have got plenty to get our teeth stuck into. Um, just before we crack on then, and we'll go over to Mark for his, his anagram, the return of the anagram. Um, <laughs> just obviously, if you're new to the channel and you, you kind of like what you see, you like German football, if you just want to learn a little bit more about the Bundesliga, smash the subscribe button. I'll try and say that again, actually, subscribe. Um, <laughs> press the red button uh, just below, uh, hit the bell um, icon, and then, yeah, you won't miss out on the show. We're here every week, um, of course, when there are games to be watched. Um, unfortunately, we, we were due to have a guest uh, today, but unfortunately, technological difficulties have, have uh, stopped us. So, yeah, unfortunately... Uh, due to technological difficulties, not not the case this this weekend. So stuck with me and Mark for yet another weekend. Um, so yeah, we'll go over to over to Mark then for uh, for a bit of anagram fun. Absolutely. So let's start by obviously we didn't have an anagram on the Thursday night special when we over when we did the week thirty prediction. So let's go back to uh, the week twenty nine review show when as you. Hopefully, remember for the regulars, especially our anagram was Sabra soon. I really wanted to test you guys with this one. It was a very, very difficult one, and unfortunately, nobody got it correct this week. So yeah, so obviously the answer is actually the Stuttgart's excellent Croatian midfielder Borna Souza. Yeah, who didn't actually play this weekend, but obviously he's been a shining light for Stuttgart this season. But yeah, nobody got it right this right this week. But yeah, let's hope next week we'll bring you. Sorry, this week we'll bring you a little bit more luck. So let's have a look this week. So this week's week thirty-one review anagram is indeed bonsai flak. So if you're listening at home, that's bonsai b o n s a i flak f l a. Okay. So remember, all of our uh, anagrams here at the Bundesliga show are always related to the top tier only of the Bundesliga. It has to be a player, a manager slash head coach, or a club related to the top tier of the Bundesliga. So enjoy, have some fun, and uh, yeah, tell your friends about it. And don't forget to uh, leave a comment for your predicted answer as well. So yeah, so while we finish the anagram, let's move on to the correct score, the, the final result. So obviously we are now, we're getting very, very close to the end of the Bundesliga season. Most teams have played uh, 31 games, but as I say, as a precursor to the results, Schalke's game against uh, uh, Hertha Berlin has once again been cancelled for the third time in a row that Hertha Berlin's fixtures have been cancelled due to that corona pandemic. Their next schedule to play game on the 7th of May against Hoffenheim, and they'll have to play six games in the final two and a half weeks of the season. So let's see how that goes. So let's start by recapping 
the results. So on Friday night, we had a classic relegation dogfight, and it ended in a 3-2 win for FC Cologne away from home in Augsburg. Then moving on to Saturday, we had a one-all draw between Freiburg and Hoffenheim in the Baden-Württemberg derby. We had a brilliant 2-1 win for Mainz against Bayern Munich. The title race lives on into week 32. Um, Union Berlin with another easy-peasy win, 3-1 at home to faltering Werder Bremen. Then in the big top four game, it went with the favourites, Dortmund getting a 2-0 win in Wolfsburg. Then another game, another top four game, um, in the evening on Saturday, ended in an excellent 3-1 win for Leverkusen over, well, we can probably say faltering now, Frankfurt. Then moving on to Saturday, Sunday, we had a very, very comfortable 2-0 win for Leipzig against Sugar, which meant that the title race will continue for another week. And then we had a 5-0 win for Gladbach against Bielefeld in the Nordrhein-Westfalen derby. So obviously only eight games, as we previously mentioned, Berlin versus Schalke was cancelled. So let's have a look. Let's move swiftly on to our OTB's feature four now. So, I mean, again, this stage of the season, there's always tons of massive games. It was difficult, again, to choose the first top four, but I think we got four excellent games this weekend. But let's move to the first of the games, which was Leverkusen 3 Frankfurt one. So, I mean, this was the game. It was billed as a massive game. It was six versus four, wasn't it? I mean, we did talk a lot about Frankfurt starting to fall, falter a little bit. The, the two performances since Adi Hooter announced his move to Gladbach hadn't been too impressive, although they did get the win over Augsburg on Tuesday night. But this time it wasn't to be. I mean, for me, Leverkusen were fantastic in this game. We know that Leverkusen are a team that blow hot and cold. The first half, despite finishing goalless, it was just chance after chance after chance for Leverkusen. I mean, for me, Trapp made two amazing saves in there as well. He made two absolutely marvellous saves, and that kept it at goalless. But then in the second half, Rory, Leverkusen really asserted their dominance into goals, didn't they? Well, they did, yeah. Um Obviously, all, all the goals came in the last 20, uh, 20 minutes or so. So, yeah, we saw the first goal for Leverkusen on 70 minutes. Um, a really nice ball in from Diaby, who came, who had come on as a sub. And, and the finish from Bailey is a really clever slash cute finish. He manages to get at such a narrow angle underneath Trapp's feet to then just kind of trickle over the line at a really kind of tight uh, slash narrow angle. So yeah, so that's one nil, and and it's completely uh, it was a completely deserved lead. Um, then the game did naturally start to break up a little bit more, opened up. Uh, Frankfurt obviously probably thinking that realistically we need to win, um, so they started to push up quite a lot, um, and that's ultimately where the second goal came from. So Leverkusen won it, uh, won the ball back in in their half, and then quickly broke um, Alario. Covering a lot of distance, played a nice one-two with Bailey, who then obviously became the the provider this time. And it was a really nice finish, actually, from Alario, a chipped finish over Trap uh, for 2-0. And you think that's probably that, because um, there's not much time left. But lo and behold, obviously, Mr. Andre Silva was trying to drag his team back into it. So, yeah, a textbook Silva header, um, heading the ball back from where it came from, which obviously you're always taught to do. Uh, as a striker so yeah textbook finish from him but it wasn't quite enough because only 
50 seconds later from from kickoff, um, the Mirabai manages to get a, a deflected long-range hit um, to nestle in the back of the net. So 3-1. But yeah, it was it was a well deserved victory for Leverkusen. Like you say, they do blow hot and cold. Um, we've seen the very best of them this season and the very worst. Um, but yeah, uh, an, an important win for them because they they'll obviously be well, well aware of the form of Gladbach and Union behind them uh, in terms of the race of the top six. Um, obviously, we can kind of discount all of Leverkusen. Uh, Gladbach and Union away from that top four berth, but uh, they'll just be wanting to concentrate on ensuring they've got European football for next season because obviously just financially it's an important thing for the club. Um, but yeah, Frankfurt are, are faltering a little bit and they're feeling the pressure. We kind of obviously know that it's going to be three, uh, two teams from three, either Wolfsburg or Frankfurt are now looking a little bit dodgy and might... It might be one of those two teams that misses out for uh, for Dortmund because they're they're coming hot on their their coattails at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a good point that you mentioned about uh, Leverkusen. Yeah, you you mentioned that they probably are out of the top four race, but I just want to say, are they a hundred percent out of it? Because they are. They're currently six points adrift with three games to go. So you're thinking, yeah, it's absolutely over. But if you look at some of the fixtures to come, I mean, Leverkusen they still have to play Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, Dortmund still have to play Leipzig. So, I mean, they, Dortmund have got hard fixtures, you know. I mean, if they lose two of those games, then they're well and truly out of the contention, you know. Obviously, Wolfsburg, we've seen, they've started to falter a lot recently. Can you classify them as definitely in there? Probably not at the moment. I think both Frankfurt and Wolfsburg have both got to play Mainz as well. Yeah. I mean, Mainz now, they're not your typical 12th place side, are they? I mean, as we'll talk about in a minute. They're playing more like a top six side of them in mind. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes as well. But I think, yeah, I wouldn't 100%, okay, I wouldn't 200% count Leverkusen out yet. Because, I mean, like, if they win all three games, it, it isn't out of the question that they could actually sneak in there if other teams continue to falter. So that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, as for Frankfurt, they just need to badly. They've got they've got Mainz at home, Schalke away, Freiburg at home. Their last three games. I mean, on paper you're thinking that's a great running, but when you're not on form, it doesn't always work out like that, does it? But I mean, mm -hmm. they should be able to get three wins from those games at the end of the day. You know, they should be able to do, it, or at least seven points, which I think will probably still be enough. I mean, if they get less than that, they probably don't deserve top uh, top four. Let's be honest, after the how comfortable they were at one stage. But, yeah, mm -hmm. poor performance from Frankfurt. Obviously, Andre Silva's 26th goal of the season. He could easily hit 30, to be honest with you, looking at the final fixtures. And it's just been an amazing season for him. For Frankfurt as well, but let's just hope that they can hold the nerve and get that top four finish because I personally would like to see Frankfurt as a city in the Champions League because it's, it's a great city, it's a great club. And let's, let's just hope they can get there, really. Okay, so moving on to the next game, which was the shock of the weekend. I mean, it's always a shock when Bayern lose, isn't it? But I mean, considering that Bo Svensson, now the, the third Mainz official coach of the season, he took over for the first game on week 15. He's now taken 28 points in his last 16 games. I mean, Rory, I think we talked about it before. I just want to touch on this. How far is Bo Svensson off manager of the season this year? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the the rise out of trouble and, and relegation for Mainz has been quite spectacular, to, to be fair. Um, 
obviously it was only a matter of months ago where we'd considered them to be almost gone. Um, how obviously how wrong we were. It's been a brilliant uh, turnaround. The the amount of points that they've accumulated in a short space of time has been incredibly impressive. Um, so the fact that obviously the managers come in and and been able to turn their fortunes around has been has been very impressive. So yeah, I mean he's, he could certainly be a contender. Could sneak in there come the end of the season for sure. Um, but yeah, it was obviously a very um, tidy and polished finish um, display. Sorry for minds. Uh, other than a very early um, Benjamin Pavard effort from Bayern, it, it was a first half that was very much controlled by minds i would say um obviously the first goal that we see is is from burkhart who um hits a powerful and a bit of kind of he gets a bit of swerve um on the ball a bit of dip and it seems to catch neuer out um or catch him by surprise and he just kind of punches it into the net um so i guess you can call that an error i don't i don't know if the ball moved enough it was hit hard and maybe you didn't see it clearly but um Obviously, that that puts them one up, and then they they were creating chances. Yeah, uh, by by Will Quazon was was looking really dangerous before he actually scored. Anyway, um, that was a really nice delivery for for him to get the header from close range to make it two nil. Um, and we didn't really see an awful lot from from by, and obviously with with the returning Lewandowski as well. Um, it was yeah, it was a fairly. Um, controlled performance uh, in the second half. Chupo Motting came on and, and probably one of the most dangerous players on the pitch, uh, to be fair to him. His, uh, his renaissance um, is, is continuing, so to speak. Obviously, he didn't, he didn't bag uh, any goals. And, uh, and Bayern's goal only comes from a very questionable bit of defending from Mines right at the end from Hack, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's trying to header the ball backwards into the keeper's arm so he can just obviously catch in and play on. But it was such an awkward kind of movement to do. You just think, just you know, just play it forward with with your head rather than creating this this mess that ensued. Because obviously Lewandowski then pounces on the free ball and kind of flicks it into the net to make it a slightly cagey finish. I think it was pretty much the last kick of the ball uh, of the game. Um, but yeah, obviously. No, no title party this weekend for Bayern. Um, so they'll have to wait another weekend by the looks of it. But, I mean, mines are absolutely flying. So well done to mines. It looks like they've secured um, some uh, some Bundesliga football for themselves for next season. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, another point on Lewandowski. That's now 36 goals for the season. His target is to beat the record set by Gerd Muller in the 60s. He needs four more goals to equal it and five to beat it. Obviously, Gerd Muller's record, Bundesliga record, stands at 40 goals. I think, I mean, obviously, he's still going to have a great chance of doing it. You know, with his goal scoring rate, you wouldn't bet, bet against him getting five goals in the last three games, really. But obviously, yeah, I, th I think from Mainz's perspective, if, if there's ever a time to make a terrible error like Hacks, it's in the 94th minute when only five minutes have been added on, really. You know, so they only had about another 60 seconds, really, to kind of hang out, if that, really, to be honest with you. So yeah, I mean, obviously, Mainz they did take a 2 0 lead in the Alianza, you know, I think back in was it December or January, the reverse fixture, but they they lost five two that game. But obviously, they've learned from the mistake. I think that was one of um, that was one of Svensson's first games actually, and already at that point, he was starting to realise that he was 
especially attacking wise, he was starting to get a lot more out of them, you know. But nowadays, Mainz are a resolute side as well as a good attacking side. I mean, we saw them against Werder Bremen midweek. He stood up to win that game, which set them up nicely for this game, which was a free hit, really. And I just thought it was a brilliant performance, not only going forward, but also how resolute they were as well. I mean, they, they, they would have had the memories of being 2-0 up at half-time, the last fixture against Bayern. And obviously, they, lost, they got battered in the end. But I mean, to do it so comfortably, it just proves how much that side of matured under Svensson. And to be honest with you, I think a few weeks, maybe early in the season, Rory, I remember saying to you, you and I think we had a guest on at the time, I said, uh, Mainz need to find a new Jurgen Klopp or uh, or Thomas Tuchel, who both managed Mainz earlier in the careers. Maybe we found it with both Svensson, you know. Okay, it's a little bit early to say that, but I mean, my God, has he done well with them, really. Yeah. Like, he's turned them into a really, really good side. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go and turn Frankfurt over next week either, to be honest with you. That's the way, that's how much faith I have in them at the minute. But yeah, well played, Mainz. It's not often that Bayern loses. It's only the fourth league defeat of the season, the ninth time they failed to win. But well done, Mainz. Fully deserved and fully deserved safety in the Bundesliga. Although it's not mathematically confirmed, I think it would take a miracle for them to go down now, to be honest with you. Okay, so talking of teams going down, there's no better place than the six-point. Well, we say it was a six-pointer. I would say it was a must-win for Cologne, and they managed to get that win, didn't they, with a brilliant, a really entertaining Friday night 3-2 win in uh, Bavaria against Augsburg. I mean, obviously, the, the big talking point in this game, it was very, very much a game of two halves, wasn't it? I mean, Cologne in the first half just absolutely destroyed Augsburg, really. Obviously, going in at 3-0 up, a double from Andre Duda, who, for me, at times, hasn't been that good. He was the marquee signing in summer, but he really came good in this game. And for me, the other goal coming from uh, an assist from... In my opinion, one of the most improved players of the last few weeks is Marius Wolf, to be honest, because I think he was another of their kind of big hitters. And for me, he wasn't doing enough earlier in the season. But obviously, he's come good the last couple of weeks, Rory. And I think this is a massive win for Cologne, personally. Yeah, absolutely huge. Um, Yeah, a game of two halves, for sure. Cologne were playing some absolute exhibition football at times in that first half <laughs> absolute absolutely controlling it making Alsberg look completely ordinary um but yeah dude has has come good in the last three to five games i'd say he's been looking much more like the player that cologne had wanted to sign in the first place um i mean the first goal is is special mm. it's an absolute wonder hit with his weaker foot as well I mean, I, I was saying this to a couple of my football friends the other day, actually, like, have, have you seen this goal? He, like, Duda scored with his wrong foot. I couldn't even make connection with my weaker foot at that sort of an angle. So fair play to him. That cleaned hit off, off his left foot on the volley into the top, well, not quite the top corner, but it was just high in, in the right place. So, yeah, wonderful bit of skill and technique. Um, so if you haven't seen... Uh, that goal, I, I highly recommend that you go search it out on YouTube or, or on the web somewhere. It's an incredibly clean hit. Um, and yeah, as, as you mentioned, some good play from Wolf um, to to do a dummy uh, to allow uh, Kynes to arrive to, to stroke home to make it 2-0. And then Duda did pretty much the exact kind of copy of that second goal uh, to make it three before half time. Um, and you just kind of thought... It'd be a um, 
you know, not a walk in the park for the second half, but you just anticipate that they'd be able to manage the game, maybe concede one goal. Uh, but Augsburg had obviously had other ideas. Um, so obviously they made it 3-1 and then very shortly after that made it 3-2 with about half an hour still to go. Um, the Vargas uh, got on the end of the cross. Um, there was a few bits of questionable defending, I think, um, even for the first goal as well, really. But um, yeah, it was an incredibly important result to hold on to. Uh, it gives them fantastic uh, opportunity now and a chance to to also survive. So, I mean, if we were doing predictions right now about who's going down, I honestly can call it. Uh, it is really hard. Um, amazing that all these teams just pick up these these kind of performances and, and kind of runs a form when it really matters, obviously. Um, you know, it kind of makes you question what they do for the rest of the season, doesn't it, if they're capable of putting in these performances. But, uh, yeah, hugely important win um, for Cologne. Again, slightly worrying for Augsburg that they're, again, being kind of dragged into the conversation. They are obviously three points clear of Werder in 13th. So you imagine they're probably going to be okay anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean... With Herter now sitting comfortably in that 17th spot, all all the teams above them can do is just keep on picking up results and making them sweat on it. So yeah, incredibly impressive result for Cologne. And you know, who's to say that they don't win the you know two of their last three or three out of their last three? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fixtures are quite nice. Well, they've still got to play Schalke at home on the last day, which could be crucial. You know, I mean, if you'd want to pick one fixture. To have on the last day of the season if you need a point or a win it would be Schalke at home I mean that that is a really good and they've also got to play Freiburg at home as well so I mean obviously Freiburg are a very good side but they are a classic mid-table team at the moment and I think judging by the performance this weekend which wasn't one of their better ones it could be on the proverbial beach as they say do you know what I mean so that could be another game of the target Realistically, I think another, as you say, four, six points is all they'll need to even avoid the relegation playoff as well. So, I mean, they've got a chance. I mean, obviously, Funkel has been massive in the turnaround as well. Friedheim Funkel, former uh, Dusseldorf coach. I mean, he's a very, he's a controversial character. Let's just say that much. You know, he's a little bit old school, some might say. <laughs> like he's, I think he made some controversial comments after his first game against Leverkusen as well, which were which obviously that result didn't go his way. But I mean, the two performances since then have been outstanding, really. And they look aside now that are in the mood to stay up for probably the first time this season for me. They've drifted through probably, I don't know, 29 games of the season. They've had the odd good performance, you know, don't get me wrong. They've not been terrible the whole season. But I mean, they're saving the best now for Funko's last uh, few games. I mean... He's probably got himself a nice bonus if he keeps them up as well. So, I mean, he's clearly motivated. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going well for Cologne now. I think, as things stand, you, you probably fancy them to avoid that bottom three. Because, as I say, Schalke, you've got to say that's another three points. Then win one of your other two games, which potentially Freiburg at home. And that would take them to 35 points. And I think that would be enough to avoid the relegation playoff. Although much depends on how Hertha Berlin come on when they get back from the quarantine. Like they could hit the ground running and go and win three games in a row. You just don't know. Whereas at the same time, they could go and lose three games in a row. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I think much really depends on that. But 
I think if Hertha Berlin hit the straps when they come back from the quarantine, a lot of teams are going to be very worried. As you said, the likes of Werder Bremen, who are now desperately teetering on a brink, aren't they really, at the minute? And obviously also another side, potentially Augsburg, can't be 100% out of it. I mean, if you look at their form, Augsburg, I mean, I would say until the last four games, they're having a brilliant season, really. I mean, then they lost to Schalke, didn't they? Only the second side to lose to Schalke. Then they drew at home to Bielefeld which at the time looked a decent result, but after what's happened since, it doesn't look like such a good point anymore. Then, obviously, this result today, I mean, they've taken one point from games against Schalke, Bielefeld and Cologne. I mean, that's not great, really. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be worried about their form going into these last three games. They might still need another one or two points to guarantee safety this year, but I still think they'll do it. I really do, but worrying times for Heiko Herlich and... uh, Augsburg. So let's let's move on to the last game, which is back up to the top four race, which was it was billed as our big match of the week. It probably wasn't the most entertaining match of the week, but it, was, it certainly wasn't a dual game. And it ended in a 2-0 win for on fire now, I would say, Borussia Dortmund, who were just sensing blood down the Rory. I mean, they look aside now who are gonna get in that top four, don't they? They do, yeah. Um, their, their form has been much improved. Uh, Haaland have obviously played a key role in that. Um, the fact that they've got Sancho back now is is important for them. Um, what what I will say is from this game um, is that Wolfsburg created their own problems. Um, so for, first and foremost, uh, there's a great chance for Octavio um, very early on in the game, like, well inside the um, Dortmund area with pretty much free reign to have a hit and completely drags it wide, almost almost out for a throw and it was that bad. Um, and, uh, but yeah, after that, obviously, so it's, um, it's a bad um, back pass attempted by Baku, um, to, which kind of leads to an error um, that, that it goes beyond Brooks and then obviously Haaland has the pace on, on Brooks and he latches onto it. To, uh, to go through and score and make it make it one nil, um, and then Baku himself did have a, a, a chance. Uh, he managed to hit the side netting with a with an effort, um, and they caused again straight after the half um, straight after the halftime whistle had gone. Um, he had a chance where he flashed it over the bar, um, and then obviously the Wolfsburg are trying to come back into the game and. Um, then they are again. They're helped by Dortmund on this occasion with with um, a bit of uh, an unfortunate slash rash um, mm-hmm. bit of play from Jude Bellingham. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was on a yellow card and he got kind of suckered into making a challenge they didn't need to make. Um, so obviously, he's a young lad and he's going to make mistakes, isn't he? Every so often, his form has been incredible actually the last month or two. Um, well, and he, I saw a tweet from him actually. He came out and said, I apologize to the fans for putting my team in jeopardy. So he clearly understands what he did. Um, and obviously, all players can make a mistake. So, but in the context of the game, it did put his side under pressure. Um, obviously, until Harlan managed to break away and pretty much run the length of the sec of the Wolfsburg half to then coolly slot home to make it 2-0, um, which effectively obviously killed the game, even with uh, a man advantage. Um, I think Schlager and Baku had kind of wild slash hopeful shots near the end, but that was that. So, yeah, it was a game of impressive 
control um, and defence from Dortmund, I guess. And, yeah, I guess a few what-ifs, really, for Wolfsburg in that game. Having a man advantage for half an hour, a good few chances spurned. Uh, one definite error for, for one of the goals. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting game to watch, but maybe that's just the pressure of... Uh, of those who are in possession, who are maybe aren't used to being in that position for Wolfsburg. Um, obviously, they're a team that have played in the Champions League and been in Europe plenty of times before, but the expectation is on Dortmund, so they're probably used to that pressure. Um, so, obviously, they're the chasing ones, but Wolfsburg looked like a side that were kind of holding on more than uh, playing their natural game. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's very, very close now. So I, I assume this uh, this top four race will go down to the last weekend. So it will get more and more exciting each match day. Yeah, absolutely. I think we always knew that Wolfsburg had this really, really tough run in. You know, I mean, obviously they, they went Frankfurt, Bayern, then Stuttgart, now Dortmund. They've still got to play Leipzig. They've got to play on form Mainz as well. So, I mean, we always knew that this was going to be a really tough run in. And I think. The performances haven't been terrible in any of the three games they've lost. You know, I mean, obviously they lost four three to Frankfurt in one of those crazy games, which could have ended up five all. To be honest, then even the Bayern one, you know, they missed chances to equalise, and then even today, this probably wasn't a performance that will live long in the Wolfsburg memory. But they had chances, you know, as you say, if Octavio takes that chance early on, it's a different game, and then Dortmund are pushing, and they know that even a draw is not good enough really for Dortmund. Game, but they got the result that they needed. I think definitely, I think while I wouldn't say that Terzic's time has been vintage by any means, I mean, they've lost way too many games. They've had some appalling results on the way, but he does seem to have matured as a coach now, you know, and he seems like a proper manager on the touchline now. I mean, this was probably their most mature performance of the season in many ways, I would say. And it has been gradually getting better and better probably over the last two months, really, hasn't it? I mean, it's... Um, Obviously, the, the performance against Man City were very, very honourable, I thought, despite the fact they lost it. If it wasn't for that slightly soft penalty, and it probably Emre Chan really cost them that tie, let's be honest. He made two mistakes in key moments. And, I mean, that, that kind of sums up Dortmund in some ways. And they do make a lot of errors which lead to goals. But I think, yeah, I mean, if they win the Cup, obviously they play Holstein Kiel in the semi-final Cup next weekend. If, and if they win the Cup, They'll probably have to beat Leipzig in the final, admittedly, which would be an interesting final, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they get top four and win the cup, then they've not had a bad season for me, you know, and they've been leaving Marco Rosa in a relatively decent position, albeit not perfect position, because I would still imagine Haaland and potentially Sancho will push for moves in summer regardless, although that remains to be seen. Anything can happen on that front. Mm -hmm. Okay, so over to the other four games now. Let's just uh, review the other four games. So yeah, um, probably the most important of those games was um, it was a, the two 0 win for Leipzig over Stuttgart, wasn't it? I mean, we knew going into the Sunday that Leipzig a draw would mathematically keep it open, but we knew that given Bayern's superior goal difference, that really Leipzig needed the three points in this game to take it to the next match day, and they got it. Very, very comfortably. But I think, Rory, the key point in this was the early sending off for the young 19-year-old, wasn't it? That it was, yeah. Um, I can't say I've seen an awful lot of him. Um, Amada, I believe he's called a French youngster, 19 years of age. Um, obviously sent off for a high foot over the ball on Haidara, um, which did go to a VAR check. Um, so, yeah, I mean... 
that was after 13 minutes or certainly before the 20 minute mark I think um so I think Stuttgart did well to get to half time nil nil making RB sweat on it a little bit but but soon after that they were able to uh to take control um but in the meantime Kobel was kept very busy um in in the nets uh, for for Stuttgart making a number of good saves actually some outstanding saves really to keep them in the contest uh, until Haidara came out and um, was able to play a nice one two and and have um, sorry not play a one two that was for one of his other chances but um, for Haidara to basically score a really nice goal um, and and Forsberg. Um, came on as a sub and won himself a penalty, which he duly converted as well um, to take home the points. So yeah, they keep the uh, the title race alive for another weekend. Um, probably not something they envisaged would happen this weekend. I think they probably would have assumed that uh, Bayern were going to win. Um, so what are we? Yeah, obviously it's it's cut the gap a little bit now, um, but. Uh, that, that's all RB can do, really, isn't it? They've had they've had enough opportunities throughout the season, um, and obviously it's you know it's on it's on buying again next weekend coming. Well, actually, not next weekend coming because there we do have a break in uh, break in play, so to speak, um, because of the DFB Pokal semi-finals. We think so. Uh, they've got a bit of time anyway to stew on that, um, but yeah, I think. Comfortable result uh, and win for RB. They'll be pleased that they've kept it going a little bit longer, but you can't envisage uh, that Bayern will make too many more errors with, uh, given how clinical they are and uh, they're they're so used to being in that position. Are are Bayern? So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting because I've been saying this to you, Mark, haven't I, about the the rumours that the deal for Canate to Liverpool seems like a signed yeah. uh, signed deal. So. So that's their best two centre-halves gone for the next season. Um, so it might be a very different-looking RB side that we look at uh, in 2021-22 in season. Um, they'll have to make sure they build and sign players uh, w- with you know cleverly and don't overpay either. So, uh, yeah, they need to be careful, certainly. They don't want to make too many steps backwards because they're, they've obviously been doing really well. So, yeah, we'll have to watch how they go. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point that you make about uh, the, the obviously Opamecano and now potentially Cunyate also going because they've only conceded 25 goals in 31 games this year. So, I mean, yeah, again, is it a question of ambition, really? Obviously, Opamecano going to the big title rivals and then, you know, and then ironically, Cunyate going to the team that knocked them out of the Champions League as well. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about this before, me and Rory, about... Um, the fact that it's, uh, occasionally the Bundesliga team do lack ambition, like aside from obviously Bayern, is this another example? You know, we'll have to see what happens on the Dortmund front. Obviously, they've got a lot of players that are in big demand. Frankfurt also are going to have a lot of players, as are probably Gladbach. Yeah, I think uh, um, maybe not so much Wolfsburg, because I think it's been more of a team effort from them. You know, I think. Uh, well, obviously, they have had standout players, but I mean, they've got a bit more financial clout to kind of keep them together, obviously, with Volkswagen kind of propping them up. So we'll have to see what yeah. happens there. 
Okay, uh, another big game this weekend was obviously the Union 3, Werder Bremen 1. I mean, for me, this was a bit of a game of two halves, really. I think in the first half, while not being a very good spectacle, Werder Bremen did have a few chances in this game, all of which they passed up. But then the second half, it was all about that man, the Finn, uh, Poyan Pali. Yeah, apologies to any uh, Finnish people watching this because my pronunciation of the name probably isn't too accurate but yeah anyway i mean it, it was uh, the first goal obviously came from a corner which was poorly dealt with okay a little bit of luck really to fall perfectly for bayan Pali to just tap it in but then rory i think the the second two goals were really really nice moves from uh, union Berlin. uh yeah i mean obviously the the striker um Polyam Palo uh, is how I'm going to say it. Um, but um, yeah, it, I think the second, obviously, you say they were good moves. I think the second goal was more of a kind of route one sort yeah. of uh, goal, actually. It's, it's a long ball that starts the move, and it's just basically, I'm not sure if it gets flicked on, but certainly the birded defender that's going for the ball uh, doesn't really cover himself in glory, and it obviously. The striker's just coming on onto the ball, chasing the loose ball and, and finishes really nicely. But both of his two goals, his last two goals were really nice finishes into both corners and far corners. So, yeah, very clinical sort of finishes, actually. So, yeah, very impressive um, for, for Union uh, in what I thought was a fairly comfortable performance. Um, Verda, obviously, a bit, you know, they're in, they're in a bit of a mess right now. Um, they're kind of re relying on players here and there to have okay performances to drag them through and get the odd goal. But so someone like Rashitza, um is is playing okay for them at the moment, but that's not really enough when you're struggling. You need players to pull teams out of out of trouble, a bit like kind of what Bitten Court did for them last yeah. season. Um, so that's obviously not really happening this season. You've got the likes of Sargent, um, who you know who's had okay performances a little bit. The captain, Gebri Selassie, obviously scored again. He does get a few goals actually from playing as a as a defender, right back or right winger sometimes, I guess. Um, so yes, at the moment they're just not doing enough. Uh, I really am <laughs> now fearing for them. Um Union look great. I think they might obviously just miss out on the top six, but seven four eight is a fantastic achievement for them. Um, so well done to them. They've been brilliant all season. The Verda, are, I think they're in absolute freefall now. And if you're looking at all the teams and you're looking at form, uh, obviously momentum in football is a really important thing, isn't it? And confidence is, is also another important thing. So right now, Verda have got neither of those two things uh, and other teams around them do. Cologne do, Mines do, Bielefeld, obviously, apart from, yeah, they got a bit of a tanking today, but they've been picking up points on, on a regular basis. So they're one of the few teams that are really, really struggling at the moment and they can't see where the next point is coming from. And when you've only got three more games to, to make sure that you're safe, it's uh, it's looking a bit bleak at the moment, I have to say. Yeah, really, really not enough goals in the team, is there at all? Obviously, Bittencourt's been out for a while now. And I just think, uh, I mean, if you look at their side, I mean, the, the central midfield is obviously Merwald and Eggestein. I mean, I quite rate them as players, actually. I think they're decent, solid. They're probably their best two players, the most consistent players. But, I mean, if you look up front, I mean, Rashisa hasn't done enough for me this season at all. He's meant to be one of their few flair players. 
I mean, I quite like Osako early in the season as well, the Japanese international, but he seems to have fallen out of favour as well after a poor run of form. Obviously, they were they were hoping big things for the return of Nicholas Fulkrug as well, who missed a lot of long part of the season, but he's not come back in the same form, has he? So, no. I mean, it is, and Kohfeldt, the manager, I mean, obviously he's been under pressure for probably about two years now. Yeah. I think the fans are really running out of kind of patience with him, and to be honest, I would imagine he will get fired regardless of whether they stay up or not, in all honesty, because he's not. I mean, obviously, 31 points last season, 30 points so far this season, so that's over a space of, like, what, two seasons have been averaging below a point a game. It's just not good enough, really, for a club like Werder Bremen. And I, I do think it's time probably now to get rid of Kohlfeldt, uh, regardless of whether they stay up or not, in all honesty. And I think, obviously, the club is lacking money, which is probably why they've kept the guy for so long. But, I mean, we've seen it can happen with, with Cohn sacking Gisdol, that it can work if you fire a manager. But, obviously, now it's too late. With three games to go, this is not the time for sacking managers. But, I mean, yeah, long long term, for me, he's not the man. I'm sorry, Kofeld, but you've got to be replaced for someone with a bit more announce and a bit more experience for me. Okay, so moving on. Obviously, uh, the Sunday evening game, which ended in a 5-0 win for Gladbach over Bielefeld. So, obviously, we've talked a lot about how well the bottom teams have been doing the last four or five rounds of fixtures. Before this game, Bielefeld, they would, they'd won two and drawn two of the last four games to go into a reasonable position, although they were only one point above that bottom three spot before kickoff which might have been a bit disappointing after such a good run of form. But, I mean, they were, they were truly battered in this game, Rory. It just didn't go for them today, did it? Obviously, 3-0 down after only 18 minutes as well. Uh, yeah, I think they just came up against um, a couple of inform players in the in, in the Gladbach side. Uh, obviously, a couple of goals for, for Brian Bolo. Uh, Chiram was, a, was a, um, a constant pest in... In the sight of Bielefeld, um, and Plie came on as well to make an impact. So yeah, th- that kind of extra pace and a bit of penetration that that uh, Gladbach were able to to utilise really really hurt Bielefeld today. Um, and the other thing is that Gladbach seemed to be in quite a clinical mood as well. Some of their moves were quite sh- um, sharp and precise. The finishes were good. Uh, especially Plie's fifth, that was a really nice finish actually from kind of distance, shall we say, but curls it around perfectly. Obviously, Bielefeld have relied a lot on Ortega in net uh, for a lot of the season and uh, as good as a keeper he is, he was helpless really today as well. So um, obviously an unfortunate handball as well for the third goal. Um, Just one of those things and Ben Savini puts it uh, does the rest uh, from the penalty spot. So, yeah, but a bad day at the office for Bielefeld, but I, they might not have really targeted this one as as one that they necessarily need to get points from. Obviously, they need points all the time anyway, but they'll have other premonitions about other fixtures to come. Um, Gladbach are making, obviously, a little bit of a late charge. Their aggregate of their last two games is 9-0 in their favour, having smashed Frankfurt as well. Um, so they're looking really good. Um, is obviously is it a bit little too late? Um, obviously, with the fact that Leverkusen picked up an important result means they're four points off uh, that sixth place. Um, but obviously, all, all you can do is win win your last three games and see where it gets you. So that's what Gladbach have to 
have to target ultimately and, and they'll see see where they end up if they've got plie chiram and, and Mbolo on on form and neuhaus obviously a classy player um then they've got every chance so yeah we'll have to see absolutely obviously i think bielefeld now three games left i think the, the big fixture what could be the big fixture of the season now is obviously hertha berlin versus bielefeld in the next round of fixtures as well it's still two weeks from now but i mean that is beyond huge I mean, I think, unfortunately, as things stand, despite Bielefeld's run, you probably still have them down as favourites for that second from bottom at the minute as a result of Cologne's run and their fixtures. Obviously, the problem is with Hertha, they have a lot of winnable games in those last six. That's the thing. I think they still play Schalke, Bielefeld, Cologne. I think they still play. I mean, they've definitely got a lot of winnable games in there. So I think Bielefeld, they will need another win. I think another win or even maybe even four points will guarantee them a relegation playoff place, I think. But they will definitely need more points on the board. The last three games, obviously, as I mentioned, away to Hertha, but then they play Hoffenheim at home, who are going to be slap-bang mid-table, and then Stuttgart away on the last day. They're not bad games for me, because they're two teams that are going to have nothing to play for whatsoever in those games, and you can really get stuck into those kind of teams. So it's not over for Bielefeld by any chance. They've still got a great chance, but as a result of other teams' crazy form, I still think they're probably favourites for that second bottom, which it would be brutal if they went down a second bottom after the season they put together with the handicaps, obviously technically and financially. But they've done fantastically. I'd like to see them stay up personally, but yeah. I mean, it's been one of those seasons at the bottom, hasn't it? I mean, every team apart from Schalke has put a run together at some point, so we'll have to see. Okay, last game, not much to say about this one. It was a mid-table battle, really, between Freiburg and Hoffenheim. I think Hoffenheim will be asking themselves how the hell they didn't win this game, to be honest. I thought Bebu was excellent in the game. Kramerich getting his 17th goal of the season in a team that haven't really fired for the most part. So he, he remains a valuable striker. Obviously, Grifo netting with the penalty, which looked a little bit soft to me, to be honest with you. I don't know what you thought about that, Rory. It was a strange one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe on the soft side, I would say um, just one of those ones, I guess. Pretty unfortunate. Grifo won't matter. Uh, he won't care at all. Will he ends his 12-game uh, wait for a goal, actually, considering yeah. all, all I can remember saying whilst um, Freiburg were on their hot form earlier on the season is Grifo, Grifo, Grifo. Um, he was superb, so it's, it's good to see him back on the score sheet. Um but yeah, mid-table clash. Uh, Hoffenheim were probably the better side. Bebu, like you said, looked impressive. Kramerich obviously um, benefiting from Bebu's assist. So, mm. point of peace. Happy days. Um, been a been decent seasons for both. Obviously, I'd say Freiburg have, have put together a better one though so far. Yeah, without it, I think Freiburg they, they still want to get that top half finish because that's a big, big uh, kind of. They got a top half finish last year as well. So, I mean, this could be back-to-back -back top half finishes, which is very impressive when you consider their financial uh, implications, uh, their, their financial um, constraints, so to speak. Okay, so that pretty much ends uh, the review. So let's uh, just finish with the, obviously, the hero and zero uh, this week. So, Rory, do you want to introduce the, the zero this week? Uh, yeah, I'll do the zero. It gets me off the um, <laughs> having to <laughs> having to pronounce our hero. Yeah, so exactly. Do that. Um, yeah, the the zero um, was a tricky one this weekend. It wasn't anything too malicious or bone idle that happened. 
Um, so just just by process of elimination, we've had to go with Jude Bellingham. Um, just by the fact that a couple of silly yellow cards in a big game could have potentially cost his side, especially with half an hour to go in such a big game. Um, but young lads, he'll learn from it. So, uh, yeah, just for this week, Bellingham's the zero of the week. Yeah, and I think obviously there were a lot of great performances. I've got to say, Andre Duda was very, very unlucky to miss out. I think obviously Haaland was also unlucky to miss out. But I think, yeah, considering it was his first Bundesliga hat trick, it's got to be Joel Pajampalo. Yeah, okay, it's a bit easier when you've got the, uh, the the kind of text to read. But yeah, it's not an easy one. Obviously, getting the hat trick for Union Berlin, he could have had another couple of goals, actually, to be honest. He could. He almost got a nine minute hat trick, actually. He missed a bit of a sitter, which would have given him a famous nine minute hat trick. But he got his hat trick in the end. Excellent performance from this very consistent and impressive Union Berlin outfit. So yeah, so that pretty much brings uh, an end to this uh, interesting week. 31 review. So let's have a look at the uh, just close the show by looking at the Twitter feed, which is at over the bar FB. Check out everything Bundesliga and football related on there. Then obviously we've got otbfootball.net, where which is a centerpiece of our work. Yeah, so check all that stuff out. So obviously next week it will be a break. It's the Pokal semi-finals, which of course is Dortmund versus Holstein Kiel and Leipzig versus Werder Bremen. But then we'll be back again in the um, the second weekend of March, which will be the ninth uh, of May. Sorry, yeah, I'm running. I'm losing track of time now. It's still lockdown here, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be back then. So see you in two weeks, guys. Cheers, all.